Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I think I need some check marks. I like to move around and do whatever I want to do, and that feels really good for a while. And then I come back to like, I think I need a punch list here. What will help me, you know, see where the end is to this section? Welcome to Scrapbook Gearway, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 187. In this episode, I'm joined by Amy's work to reflect on the past month and explore what's new for September. This is our monthly peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Amy, welcome back to the podcast. What's new with you? Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? I am good. It has been a little crazy around here with back to school and Emily's playing softball and we're just always running one way or another. And I'm kind of not used to that kind of schedule between, (laughs) you know, her being in elementary school and then the pandemic. And then now everything is just nuts. So I'm just kind of looking for like small things to keep (laughs) me grounded, like playing in my planner and painting and, you know, just chilling, watching something dumb on Netflix. So, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that I can kind of feel just tethered to something right now. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, sports seasons can be so long and like fun. Like I'm sure it's fun to see her out there. But yeah, when you see the the schedule on your calendar, it's like, oh my gosh, again. So your kids are not quite back in school yet, right? Correct. So they are just getting ready. We're on our, our last little week of wrapping up summer here. Um, and then my son will start high school. So that's also like the new thing for us, but oh wow, it's, um, it's exciting and I think he'll do great. So, you know, I'm not nervous that way, but there's just so many new things. Like, you know, when an email comes from that school, it's like, Ooh, I have to read all of this because I don't know anything, you know? So you, yes, you're quickly like in the details of all the things because, you know, nothing is familiar. So that part's been a little bit harder trying to just make sure we don't miss anything and, you know, know the drill. Yeah. I feel like with Emily starting middle school, I don't know anything. Like, yes, you know, they've been emailing us. Like, I think, uh, what they think we need to know, but I'm like, no, I want everything. Like, <laughs> tell me all the things now so that I don't have questions. Right. Uh, but they're trying to, you know, just uh, trickle it out to not to overwhelm us. Well, that's nice because I had the opposite where I got an email from the high school. And like normally, you know, when you're used to the school, you can kind of like gloss over some of the topics like, yeah, I know how that works or okay, mm-hmm. you know, lunch rates or this or whatever. But ours was this huge email that I was like, this is a lot at one time. And so it was kind of great to have it at once. But, you know, I was like, now I have to like talk to my son about all this and make sure he knows. And Mm -hmm. so I just, I just gave it to him and I said, here, read through this and then we'll talk and, you know, see what questions we have or see what events we need to be at, you know, in summer and a couple different things. So it's funny how all the schools and all the, you know, even within the same district, how they do things different. And Oh yes. That can be interesting sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But I do feel like we're one of the latest starts here. Like, you know, some people on crops have had their kids back to school already. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, we're, we're still (laughs) hanging out. What else um, was kind of what's on your mind in terms of your memory keeping from this past summer? What stands out? 
we had a we had a quiet summer, so I think I don't feel overwhelmed with like lots of big stories or lots of things. So that's pros and cons, right? Like you know, we did small things, so the smaller stories will be bigger. Um, one thing we just wrapped up our Marvel movies marathon, so I think we started it before summer officially began, but. Um, my son put this whole schedule together and we watched them all and made it to the final Thor movie in the theater this weekend. So kind of fun. Um, so I'll probably have to do some kind of page about that or, you know, some of the jokes we had based on it. Sure. Now I'm curious, did you watch them in release order or like chronological story order? We watched them in release order. So, that okay. you know, there was a great debate on that, of course, by other people. Yeah. But for us, it felt like the right way to do it. And, you know, it's interesting how things get introduced at different times and, you know, little little peeks into different worlds and things. But, um, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was definitely one of those things that I had resisted. Like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be my thing. And to be honest, I did it more for my son and having, you know, that connection and things to do, but it was fun. And now I feel like I can relate to like Allie Edwards when she talks about all the Star Wars things with her son or, Mm -hmm. you know, different people having that, that connection. And um, yeah, now we have fun little stories from that. So. I think that's going to be our kind of winter project this year because we, we've talked about it a few times you know, Steve and I saw the Herdman movies back when they were released, and Emily and I have watched a couple, just one off. But I think we all want to sit down and watch them in release order together. And, um, so we can feel like that we can watch the new stuff. That's the thing. Like, oh, no, we yes. can't watch that because we're not caught up. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, when I would see an advertisement for a new one, I'd be like, okay, so is that part of this or not part of this? You know, like I always had so many questions, too. So. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, it's, it's a fun thing. A friend of mine um, had recommended it. And then another friend with two daughters too said, you know, there's, there's a lot in there and there's a lot of, you know, comic scenes and whatever. So, but yeah, I think it's a good bonding thing. I think you guys will enjoy it too. Cool. hundred percent. Yeah. So what about scrapbooking? What is exciting you right now? Well, I think, I think shopping with intention is going to be <laughs> kind of my theme. I've been doing a lot more scrapbooking than I feel like I had been. And so I'm kind of finding some some gaps in, you know, like what things I, you know, always wished I had or whatever. So, for example, you know, kind of lame, but like a two-inch circle punch. Like I wanted to do this whole page with these punched out circles. And I was like, let's do this the easy way. So um, got some new punches and then I'm not even taking the Chamel layer on layer on layer class right now, but the things that people are posting in the community are so inspiring. And I did a couple of her lessons from half and half is a class that I do have from her. And she also just released a new use your stash class. Mm -hmm. So I've watched a few things and neither of those things are supposed to be about layering, but that's just her style. So I found myself gravitating to like, oh, these are little generic embellishments that I could add as like scattered things or layered things. And so I just feel like instead of just putting things that I think are cute or fun in my cart, I'm starting to really think more about, you know, what do I need to finish this or, you know, to get the look that I want. So that actually has been really inspiring because then when I when I get that order right, then I know what I'm intending to do with it as opposed to some of my shopping in the past has just been like, Oh, that's a really cute, you know, collection. And I want a couple of things from it, but if they didn't have a purpose, then they just kind of sit there in my favorite things I want to use sometime pile. That's <laughs> yes. not as fun as when you actually do use them. And, and of I course, think thinking about those <laughs> tools, can be really helpful like just you mentioning the circle punch is like oh yeah i've every time i sit down and i'm working on a project particularly with december daily it's like oh i want a circle punch that's smaller than what i have and i never like think to buy it but those types of tools like if you can think of something that always comes up it's like oh i wish i had that then those are the things that you should be shopping for 
not necessarily the things that are the, the standout brand new. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Some classic things, you know, that, that, you know, can be reused in, you know, that you find yourself kind of wishing for. Exactly. That, yes. Yes. That makes sense. And then I would also have to mention, of course, it always feels odd timing, but the December daily release is exciting. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, we'll see what, what happens. My my head is churning with lots of ideas and things, but then I got to, you know, take it down a notch and see what I would really do <laughs> and what I really need or want. So. I am my biggest conundrum right now with it is that I'm leaning towards 10 by eight. Not like I do a lot of like full page photos anyway. And yes, I think it would be beautiful. But I think last year I didn't necessarily always enjoy cutting down the 10 by eight papers to six by eight or whatever outside of the page protector size or folding them. Like it was nice to do that. But now I'm like, Oh, I'd, It'd be just nice to just punch some holes in it and put some stuff on it and put it in yeah. the album. And use um, it. <laughs> yeah. It just seemed like a little, I love fussiness when it comes to December daily, but that was like not a fun fussy, I guess. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point that sometimes things seem, you know, mechanical or something instead. And if you can take that part out and instead do fun fussy, like you said. Yeah. So not- yeah. Yeah. A little bit in the opposite position because I got the 10 by 8 last year and then I okay. I completely panicked and froze. So I have not worked on last year's, which is, you know, the first problem here, right? Can I really buy for this year if I haven't done last year? Um, but I realized I just, I need to go back to 6 by 8 because I know it and I don't need any more like blocks, I'll say. And then because I have that 10 by 8, I can still apply some ideas to it or do some things. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if I can do them in tandem necessarily. That's usually easier said than done. (laughs) You know, I I haven't had luck with that in the past, but I think I could pull some ideas of, you know, again, some 10 by eights from this year and still apply them to last year as I do that. Oh yeah. Particularly if there's something where like, well, that just won't work in six by eight then, okay, I'm going to put that in my 10 by 8 album. So Right, right. But then when I, was looking, when I was looking through the papers, I was trying to look at, can I cut this down easily or does it lose kind of its effect? Or, you know, mm-hmm. like how many extra papers would I want or things? So it is funny that the size does kind of justify, you know, some of the items or the uses as well. Yeah, and then I was also looking at the like the ten by eight buildable travel album, just because like I like the mm-hmm. Santa album, but it's not like my favorite thing in the whole world. But mm-hmm. the December daily, like including the page protectors and the shipping as a bundle, like makes it cost prohibitive, I guess. <laughs> like especially when I'm already spending so much more. Right. So right. I'm kind of leaning away from that one. But yes, I'm definitely super excited. It helps me. Like, I'm not naturally a holiday person, but this helps me kind of find find joy in it and take photos and look for those small moments and and really feel uh, connected to the season and, um, like, very personally connected to it, not just going through the motions of, oh, my gosh, there's all these things to do. <laughs> right, right. Yes. No, I, I love that. And I think, you know, I mean, that's that's Allie's end goal, right, is to, to help with that and have it be a a personal project. And, um, I think I would say I am a holiday person, but I have kind of some limits on it too. You know, there's definitely stress and, you know, anxiety that happens in December. So I agree that having the project to kind of focus on and kind of come back to at the end of the end of the day. And for me, that's usually just the journaling part or going through the photos. Like I definitely Mm -hmm. don't scrapbook daily in December, unfortunately. I think it's cool when people can figure that out. But um I think yeah, it it grounds me in a different way. And like you said, it it helps you look for the the fun and it helps me actually kind of schedule some fun too. Like, hey, we need yes, to go do that and that'll be a great story. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do this like some sort of Harry Potter experience in Chicago and our friends are going 
this month? Did I think they did they already go last weekend? Because it just opened. And I'm like, oh no, uh-huh. we are going to wait and we are going to schedule this for December <laughs> so that I can take pictures and put it in my album. That's awesome. Oh, that sounds really cool too. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, Harry Potter has can have a Christmas vibe to it as well. There's yeah. an, and I even I bought a collection kit earlier this year um, because that's been a big part of our story and Emily reading all the books and we watched all the movies. And so maybe I will like throw in a couple of papers into my album with that too. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. magic magic in a in a second sense kind of way too, right? Oh totally. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't think of it that way. I like that. <laughs> that's fun. Well, so I'm right now yeah, I'm excited about two different things. So one is <laughs> I just finished a brand new mini class. We call these pop-up workshops inside the membership. And this was kind of a spur of the moment, like this sounds fun. I'm just going to do it type of thing. And it was eight layouts all using four by six photos. There were four single page and four double page. And these were all templates from our sketch and template library. And it was a challenge. Like I realized I print a lot of smaller photos. Yes, I use four by six some of the time, but usually it's like for a one photo, maybe a two photo layout. But otherwise I I print a lot of smaller photos. And so it was a composition challenge, even with the sketches to try to like make it all work together. But I'm so glad I did it. And I'm also glad it's over, but it was so fun. (laughs) And it seemed to gain a lot of excitement and participation from members. That's what's been so kind of rewarding about it is to see, hey, I have this idea. Who wants to play along and to have members creating pages along with me? So that's been fun. Yeah. that And just from the sidelines, because I wasn't able to participate in it, but watching that in the membership is always so fun. You know, just to, like you said, you see the excitement and you see the the variety of ways that people can do the same layout, you know, that's always a, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's such a cool thing to see. Like this is a totally different topic and a totally different color scheme. And yet it's the same sketch or the same general, you know, feel. So that's always so fun to watch. So yeah, that's, you know, one of like 10 things I've had complete FOMO over not being able to participate (laughs) in right now, but you know, it's great to know it's there when, when I'm ready and when I want to, too. Yes, for sure. And then my other thing is really kind of different. I've been resistant to creating reels on Instagram for so long because I just kind of didn't get it. And, you know, I watch reels. I watch TikTok. I enjoy it. But I didn't really see how I could apply it to the things that I do and not be a silly person pointing at words at the screen. <laughs> um, but, like, I think I've like cracked my own code on it. And so I've been sharing a bunch of reels and I'm excited to kind of keep sharing little snippets of my creative life tips, things that we have going on at Simple Scrapper. And yeah, I'm just trying to like focus on the fun aspect of it because when something that really requires so much creative energy is not fun, then I won't do it. So I have to (laughs) have to focus on the fun. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's a a great you know, experiment, see what, what things you want to put together. And it's always a fun way to, to learn about, you know, simple scrap or things that you have going on is watching that. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. That's a good for you for learning a new thing and kind of not just learning how to do it, but how to apply it. Right. Yes. 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 So we, of course, we can't continue without talking about our bucket list. I have one that I think when this podcast episode goes out, it will not have aired yet, but I had a conversation for the show and we were talking about doing a decades photo book. She was specifically talking about the 90s, but I think doing a book that has sections like 80s, 90s, 2000s, and really just bringing in all the nostalgia, like what toys did I play with? What music did I listen to? What TV shows did I watch? What movies like were really like huge for me? Um, and just putting that all into one book. Cause I, you know, it didn't really fit in my before your story to do that. Cause <laughs> there's just so many other stories, so many other things that happened in life, but right. to do one book that just has all that together, I think would be really cool. That is super fun. And you're right. That's exactly what it reminded me of right away was, before your story, some people 
kind of went down those paths, you know, and mm-hmm. either started pulling out ideas or, you know, and put some collage pages together. And, and I had toured with that too, like, you know, what fits in here and, you know, what's too much or some of the um, world events. I think you have a great layout example of like a timeline of world mm-hmm. events in your life. And that would be a great place for that layout to exist, right? You know, to kind of show the the reference points, I guess, you know. Yeah, I like the idea of collage pages too, because it could, you know, it could be as small as doing like a couple two-page spreads as well. Um or more like an extended story format. I don't know. There's lots yeah. of different ways you could do it. I was thinking like photo book because I'm probably going to end up having to download a lot of pictures from the internet. So oh, it's yeah. not going to be I'm like, just... I'm not going to like print out photos. Probably I'm going to just, I want to just like throw them in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a great format for it. That's true. So that... I'm going to put a pin in that, but I think it'd be a fun and like fast project too. So that's fun. That's, that's and a fun your, I was just going to say, that's always a fun one for other people to see too, because, you know, your story isn't the same, but you can recognize some of the things from like, you know, that same decade, for example. So that'll get a lot of chatter going, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think it would be fun for Emily to look at too. Um, and maybe I'll try to find photos of me from those decades as well. Like what styles are we wearing and all that. <laughs> and it's, it's so crazy to see, like, we're still very much in this weird 90s fashion place. And I'm like, I don't want to wear any of this stuff. I didn't want to wear it back then. Why do I want to wear it now? So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, Amy, what's on your bucket list? Well, mine is, I'm going to call it a rare food story because I generally don't tell stories about food or take photos of it. But I have, and I kind of think this is embellishment driven, is how I came mm-hmm. up with the story. So I believe it's from a travel kit from Allie Edwards. There's a little um, saying that says, eat well, travel often. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it spurred this story about different, like, what do I want to call food experiences from different vacations. Now, again, we're not foodie families. We're not going to fancy places and, you know, things that way. But we have these funny stories of, like, different places. Like, when my son was really little and he first had barbecue ribs and thought it was the best thing ever and, you know, talked about <laughs> that place forever. And, oh, yeah. Um, we were at Disney World one time and I think my husband went to go, like, get something and we, you know, he walked away from our table. My son and I were still at this outdoor table and a bird came in and took a French fry from my husband's plate. (laughs) And we were like, what just happened? (laughs) So we just have, you know, funny stories. San Antonio, we were on the river walk and enjoyed a lot of Tex-Mix that then when we got home, we tried to, you know, emulate some of it or whatever so now we have minmex at our house because it's minnesota oh that's (laughs) so so cool (laughs) so it's you know its own little little story that comes around every time we have that here so i have kind of a list of of stories that i wanted to include on a you know a two-page layout but the challenge will be that i really don't have photos like of the food or of the specific thing but Mm -hmm. i may be able to you know that's one where Maybe there's an internet version of some of the things, or maybe there's just a photo of us at that place or from yeah. that trip that can be added in. So, yeah, I think that would be just having like a uh, landscape context of are we in a, you know, a city location or a beach vac- location type of thing <laughs> right. gives you yeah. some context for the food story. So, and some of them, you know, maybe, maybe this story is kind of too that. It, my kids and their different ages or something right is Mm -hmm. another another example one was we we stayed at a place in orange beach that had this pancake machine (laughs) and then they had this like at night you could go have pancakes or something and so my son was so excited about it that he was like is this why you picked this hotel (laughs) (laughs) and we're like or maybe look at the beach and the ocean yeah (laughs) But to him, it was such a highlight of that trip. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I get that. 
we definitely, when we're like, especially when we're doing road trips, like we know like the hotel chains that have like the good continental breakfast. And so we tend to pick those, like who has like the eggs and maybe actually even has vegetables some of the time. Yeah. Versus like the, you know, really sad looking banana. Right. Exactly. Make your own omelet station. We're in, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right, so let's dive into what's been going on at Simple Scrapper. So I know that I've been like loving just the family atmosphere. And this is not something new, but it's become just even more visible as as folks share their challenging stories, their excitements, questions about just life stuff. And just we just have such a genuine care for one another in the community. And it just makes it a wonderful place to to hang out. Absolutely. I would, I would just ditto that, you know, it's, it's just been so friendly. And I think the word I would add to that is helpful. Like you just Mm -hmm. see people reaching out with questions and people responding so generously. And what I would also say is like, carefully, like, or with thought, you know, to help, to help someone push through an issue or figure out, you know, what works for them, like, just gentle advice sometimes. And it's so great to to see and be a part of. Yes, for sure. And I even sometimes will like ask, and I, and I see that elsewhere too, that, you know, do you want gentle encouragement or do you want tough love here? <laughs> you know, um, tell us, tell us what you need so that we can best help you without frustrating you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Sometimes just coming back with that follow-up question, you know, to have the person really you know, think about it and say, no, you're mm-hmm. right. But I'm, I'm asking this legitimately, like I need all, all hands on deck, you know? And, and sometimes, yeah, if you're, if you're not in that, that space or mindset yet, you know, maybe you are like, go, go easy on me. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. sure what I'm doing here yet. Sure. So we are transitioning out of the photos journey and into the projects journey. Is there anything that you observed as we talked about photos and photo management and photo editing and all things <laughs> photos. I, I think, honestly, I think it's the hardest journey. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think photos are hard as far as it's like the, the framework of, you know, you need your photos to be able to document and share your stories and make your pages, but just managing all the photos and having them in a place you can get back to them. And, um, it's just, it's harder. It's more technical. There's, you know, different time consuming parts to it. It's maybe less creative and, and that's different for different people. Like sometimes people get very creative on editing photos or, you know, if they love the keyword side of, you know, the photo maintenance or things. So it's definitely, you know, different for different people, but, we did photo crush 2.0 and you know, there's just different struggles that come out. You know, some people are scanning old photos that they've inherited. Some people are moving to a different platform or trying to pull in photos from so many different places. And I think photo crush is a great class to help walk you through like, what are the choices or what mm-hmm. how should I prioritize, you know, and what, what can I get done in a journey or what are my next steps? So I think it's, great and that's again where I would say everyone's been so helpful to each other talking about you know so many different questions came up again about scanning or you know what what parts of the metadata can you edit and what programs do they stay in and what backup programs do you use and you know again so many more options now with Amazon photos or Google photos or how do you how do you have them all work well together so I just, I think it's an important but challenging journey for some people and myself included. I'm in the middle of a, a Lightroom transition and I'm excited about it. So I don't mean it's like a negative thing, but it's a lot of work yeah. and I want to get it right. And, you know, I have a lot of decisions to make on the front end. And then after that, it'll probably be a little tedious moving all the things, you know, if it doesn't happen in a short time frame. So um, I think you know, from that side of it, it's a little bit harder. But then, you know, there were some of the things like the class that you talked about, the pop up class with the four using four by sixes and, 
you know, still applying a creative side to that journey, I think is great. And, you know, a lot of people jumped on that and, you know, still had very creative times and had fun with it. So, yeah. And I think that we try to give options for what are you in the mood for? What do you really need to focus on right now? And sometimes it's going to be some of the, the harder less creative tasks. And sometimes it's, no, I'm not going to do any of that right now because that's not how I'm feeling. That's not what I need from my hobby. And I, I love how you mentioned just that it's to, to be open and honest that, yeah, it's some of these things aren't always fun and they can feel <laughs> hard. And um, the way that we teach photo crush and the way that we support it through the community to me is really important because the technology part is always changing. I've said before, I don't want to create classes about how to use X software to do Y thing because as soon as I release it, something will change. It'll be out of date. Um, And so it's so much more useful to be able to, okay, you have a problem, you know, dozens of people could share how they've solved that problem. Some will be technical solutions. Some of them won't be technical solutions. And then you can make the right choice for yourself from there. So I love just that we can continue to facilitate that kind of support inside of the community. Right. Absolutely. And that, again, comes back to members sharing generously and, you know, saying, hey, I wrote up this list, this checklist for myself. Is this helpful to you? And again, you know, technology isn't the same from one person to another. So maybe some of it doesn't apply. But the idea of what they're trying to do or the reason why they're doing something, then you go, oh, yeah, that's a great time to initiate a backup or to, you know, add the keyword from something or, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. set was that that they're mimicking. And and some people are just starting out saying, hey, I need a process. What can you can you guide me a little bit? Here's where I keep getting tripped up because I go away for a while. And then when I come back to it, I go, oh, where was I? What should I do next? Yes, I, I would say that's another place where I like to leave and need to leave breadcrumbs for myself because I don't always kind of remember, okay, this is what I was going on. You get in a zone and then for some reason you have to stop. And if you don't leave yourself some notes, you may not remember exactly how you were making these choices and moving things from A to B. So Right, right. The other, was there anything else from this journey that was like new and fun that stood out to you? Yes, I wanted to mention that for finishing day, you did a new plan prep and pep day, which I thought was great and had such a cute, cute name to it too. But all about just getting ready for finishing day and how to make it productive and, you know, your happiest self coming to it. And I think members really enjoyed that and took advantage of that, myself included. And I just, I don't know, I thought it was fun and different and had a had a vibe to it that had people excited about, Hey, I want to get ready for getting things done. And what do I need to do for that? So. Yeah. So it kind of came out of two different things. One is that members um, through finishing day this year have said, I'd like a little more time. I like to feel more prepared and more guidance and specific accountability around like being ready to finish. And then also it was just a logistical issue for me that I wouldn't be able to um, kind of, lead that in a different way on Saturday morning. And so this idea came out of it and it sounds like something we're going to just keep doing because (laughs) it was just so beneficial to spend time together in the evening and just say, okay, what is it that you want to finish? Why do you want to finish it? Okay. What do you need to do to hit the ground running when it comes to finishing day on Saturday? So I'm, yeah, it's so cool. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it, maybe came from a different place of why it had to happen, but then, Hey, there's some advantages and let's take advantage of it. So that's great. Yes, for sure. So as I said, we're moving into the project's journey. I think, I mean, they're all my favorite, but I particularly (laughs) like this one because I, I love conceptualizing, thinking big picture, planning out how I want to tackle my stories, how they all fit together on my shelves and within my albums. And so I think it just, I don't know, it, it's definitely one of the most fun ones. And we're going to have kind of our standard suite of activities. We have a brand new Spark magazine, um, a new collection of sketches and templates. Our refresh retreat will be in the first month of the journey. So in September, 
and then we'll have finishing day in October. But one of the cool things is we're continuing our immersion series and we have some new options this time around. So Amy, you're going to be leading uh, a trip through the finishing project, which is our four-week class to help you become more of a finisher. Finishing day obviously came out of this idea, but this is kind of a more intensive, more specific guidance, helping you think through why something isn't finished and trying to to work through past around those obstacles. And so that is definitely going to be a, a big part of what, what we're thinking about, particularly this time of year as we want to wrap up projects as we're entering into holiday season and then even thinking about next year. And then we have two other immersions. Peggy is going to lead one on Stacy Julian's quick trip travel class. So if you've been wanting to make a small album project around a specific vacation and do it in a really efficient, streamlined way and feel that satisfaction. So I think that's going to be really fun. And then I'm going to be leading an immersion that's actually out of side of the membership, but I didn't want to double dip myself and stretch, spread myself too thin. Uh, but you may have seen that I launched a class called Scrapbooking with Lightroom. And this is a three-part workshop where I'll be teaching live on three different dates. The first one is the big webinar where I do the most of the instruction. And then we'll have two follow-up dates where I'll answer questions and really help students start putting together a photo book using Lightroom Classic. And so we have all the details and I'll include the links in the show notes, but that I'm so excited to, to help members and non-members alike work through their projects and, and learn how to tackle this because it's been such an amazing solution for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited that you've been able to do that and can help other people. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm new to Lightroom, so I look forward to kind of learning from others, you know, after that as well. But I think that that's great because that was your your annual album that you created for last year. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. And I am working on one for this year and I haven't made as much progress. I know exactly why, but I'm kind of going to be com- doing some comparisons of the experience of doing it in the moment and what the result was co- versus the experience of doing it uh, more reflection, this is already past style. Because they end up having different kind of story feelings. Um, You might make different choices about what photos are most important or or most memorable to you. And so I think, you know, no one approach is better than the other. They're just slightly different. Yeah, that's a great, great comparison option, right? You know, to kind of see that and and people, I'm sure that take the class will be in both situations as well. So that's great. Yeah. So what are you thinking about during the project's journey in terms of, you know, things that you're going to be working on and talking about? Well, I think the finishing project was definitely, you know, on my radar is coming. I've really enjoyed finishing days, but I've also felt like I need more than that for some of my projects, right? Or some mm-hmm. of the things. So i I'm definitely looking forward to that. And also the quick trip, quick trip travel class. I'm not sure if I can do both, but that's been on my list as well. So when I look at my specific projects, um, I think one of the things that I have as maybe I'll just count, call it as one of my boundaries right now is because I'm working through the photo transition. I feel like I can't do certain projects that I don't have my photos available for yet. Mm-hmm. So it helps me. It's to, totally fair, though. Like it's okay <laughs> to say, okay, I need to press pause because I have this big administrative thing to do. Right, right. But I also, because I know I want to work on something, I kind of used it as a boundary to say, okay, well, there's there are some projects that are incomplete that maybe I can come back to and work on the journaling. You know, if the photos are in. So an example is I have a project life album that. I believe is all the way done except for December because that's where I start to double dip where I'm like, is that project life or is that December daily? Mm -hmm. And You know, if I started working on December daily, then I left December kind of in the dust. So I have, I believe that month, you know, kind of, kind of put together. So I want to go back and look at like, what's really missing from it. So it feels like that could be a good finishing project 
you know, type of thing to say, well, you know, maybe I already know why it isn't done. Like I said, December daily, but to say, you know, what does it look like of having it done and how long would that take? I also have a big project I've been working on. I think I talked about it last time, my Hawaii travel mm-hmm. album. And I don't think I'm at far enough that I could, you know, wrap that up in this journey. But I do think I could kind of break it down into different things and say, okay, if I really pushed forward on, you know, doing specific layouts or things that maybe I could start to check off sections of it. And that might be a feel good motivator to keep going too. So like in that trip, we went to multiple different islands in Hawaii. And although I set up my kind of project plan that way, of course, I've jumped around telling the stories that I wanted to tell. And I think that helped me get more pages done. But now maybe coming back and saying, okay, what's left in the Oahu section? And, you know, can I do those and then actually check it off and feel good about finishing something? So that's another angle I might take. Well, I think it's an important point is that finishing isn't necessarily finishing. Finishing is making substantial progress that you can check off. And sometimes that's a portion of a project. It's something it's something you can draw a box around and say, okay, I'm going to finish this part, this thing, because that's going to move me forward. So, you know, every, yeah. every project has a different scale. And um, yeah, I think it's important to keep a broad lens on finishing so that you feel encouraged. Right, right. And that's, I think that's what I'm looking for is, I think I need some check marks, right? And so I... I like to move around and do whatever I want to do. And that feels really good for a while. And then I come back to like, I think I need a punch list here. <laughs> like, what, mm-hmm. what will help me, you know, see where the end is to this section. So, and I've, I've had a lot of fun with the project. And um, I actually was thinking about too, I have a retreat weekend during this journey that I don't really want to pack up all the Hawaii things and, you know, I have it all laid out and spread out and, you know, it's working. So I think I'll also have a little detour because of that retreat weekend where I might be able to pick up a smaller project or maybe that project life album and, you know, work on something else instead, which is sometimes um, reinvigorating then when I come back to that on my table too. Yes, for sure. I think the quick trip travel course is something that would be perfect for stowing away and you know, especially because of the scale and the idea that you're going to finish this in a really discreet amount of time. So, right. Right. I was just thinking here as we were chatting and I wanted to make sure that everyone's aware that when we lead immersions about other instructors classes, we do ask that our students purchase it and we verify those purchases before we kind of share outlines or share support. Obviously, as a creator myself, I'm very sensitive to intellectual property. And I just wanted to to make sure everyone's aware of that. So we've done with Chamel's class this year, layer on layer on layer. Peggy led an immersion on that previously in the year. And so um, it's been a fun way that we can add just a, additional accountability without creating something new. There's a lot of really amazing projects and classes out there. And our specialty is bringing scrapbookers together with accountability and encouragement to to work on what's important to them. So I think that's going to be another fun one. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it, it has been said that sometimes the instructor notices when simple scrapper <laughs> groups <laughs> show up. <Yeah. laughs> so that's kind of fun too to, you know, be seen as a group in that way too. It is, it is. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of... I'm definitely in December daily mode. I've already purchased some additional non Allie Edwards things. I bought some fibers from Etsy and I will include that link in the show notes. The shop is songbird adornments. And then I also bought some scrapbook.com things. I think I bought a stencil set of trees, this really cute kind of Nordic animal stamp set, like where you can do like layering. And then I forgot what the other thing was, but it was another kind of reusable item. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to buy just, you know, something I'm going to use up, but I'm okay to add some extra fun little things (laughs) to, (laughs) to use year after year. Um, But I'm just in that mode right now. So my, my priorities are twofold. One, I'm going to be 
catching up with this year's photo book as part of teaching this class. And then the rest of my time is all December daily all the time because I really want to be officially caught up this year. Last year, I did a 2014, 15, so 16 album. Yeah, 14, 15, 16 compilation album. And I will link to the blog post that features how I approached that and, and how it turned out in the end. And that left me with just a couple years more recent where I had partially completed albums. So I'm going to really be focusing on how can I get those done? How can I make some course correction, something we teach in the finishing project in order to make it more doable? And one of the things is I am going to do another compilation album. I'm actually going to do 2019 and 2020 together and really do a, a comparison contrast thing because of the really? pandemic, you know, the last normal Christmas. And then <laughs> what was the 2020 Christmas like? So that that's, will be interesting for sure. That's great. Cause when you first said that, I was like, Ooh, how can you put those two years together? But yeah, if you take the approach of compare and contrast, that's awesome. And that, that would, that'll bring out some of those stories too. You know, that, I think so. Yeah. That maybe wouldn't have been as obvious or something. So, oh, I'm, I look forward to seeing how you tell some of those interesting stories, right? Like some of them are tougher than others, but some are just oh, yeah. interesting on how things changed or the sudden. Yeah, so and I you, think that... Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to ask, do you, do you have any concerns, because I've thought of this as well, of like being burned out before December? hits for the new project or do you think it'll just build momentum and really help you keep going through the December for the current um, event? Yeah, I mean that that's that's totally fair and I will say that once the new products arrive, like most of my momentum is in November setting up foundation pages, doing some initial pages of like my reason why and Here's my mm-hmm. Starbucks cup and, you know, <laughs> some early shopping. Last year, we did our big family Christmas at Thanksgiving. So, like, that oh, whole story oh. was already done by the end of nice. November. So, I think definitely front-loading it as much as I can to leverage the momentum before that gets replaced by overwhelm and, like, <laughs> just feeling like you're running all the directions at once. Right, right. Well, and I think it's always interesting to watch how other people do it too, right? Like how, how many people do foundation pages or what does that look like to anyone and who really does the scrapbooking in December versus, you know, in January or the July after or whatever it turns out to be. Because I think I've struggled with foundation pages from the perspective of well, I already have a previous year to work on. Should I really work ahead when I can't really complete it? Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like being able to check a box, I guess, when we talk Mm -hmm. about finishing, you know, that like a foundation page is only partway done versus on a previous year, I could have, you know, more days done or whatever. But I have also come to realize that setting yourself up for success will make it easier in that month and for that project. So I think I kind of go back and forth with where is my time best spent. So I'm just curious to watch how you do that with a, you know, tackling two years together and then rolling right into this year. So that'll be fun to watch and see your progress too. Well, I think I have a couple reactions points here. One is that um, having they weren't even all foundation pages. Some of them were like foundation pockets. Like they were all, uh, I think the best example is I had one of the plastic pockets full of tags and I sat down with my family in January and said, okay, write down like what your favorite things were from December. And we did it in like 10 minutes and then I put it back in the pocket and that was it. Like it was so nice to have those all ready to go. The creative aspect was done and all we had to do was basically, you know, fill in the blank. Right. That type of thing really is helpful for finishing. Even if some of that does spill over into later, it makes it much more doable for me. So I'm, I'm a huge foundation page convert. The years that I have my albums finished, those are the years I made foundation pages. 
the years I didn't oh, finish, nice. I didn't. So <laughs> when I think, and I've, I've watched enough, you know, of Allie's kind of points of view through the years. And I think I'm starting to get swayed a little bit more that I can, like you said, once the products are here, there definitely are some products that drive certain stories or stories mm-hmm. that I know I'll, I will tell, like about setting up the Christmas tree or things and being able to pull some of those products out and have ready for that page, I do think are helpful. So trying to do, you know, maybe it's not a 100% foundation page, but maybe I want to do like a 75% foundation page just to give myself that leg up, like you said. Yes. And I think some of them are like, okay, this is a home for this particular story that I know I can tell. And then some of them end up being, okay, this is a design technique that I'm going to use when I have a photo slash story that might work for it. Right. So I definitely separate them in like two different bins, I think. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, because I know there's there are ideas from last year for sure, you know, between the classes mm-hmm. and what people are putting on Instagram and what's, you know, showing up in Allie's blog. Like there are those techniques or, you know, product usage kinds of things that really can drive, you know, a page that are fun to to record and to have, you know, mm-hmm. have a place to like come back to. So that's great. Yeah. And then I also wanted to address like the concern about being burnt out is that I'm, I'm a sprinter more than a marathoner. Like I had a successful marathon last year with my photo book this year. I didn't. So it's going to be a sprint. <laughs> and that was just, it was a, an accountability issue that I didn't show up to my accountability meetings <laughs> with, <laughs> with our members because we had such a busy, Emily had a busy schedule and I was always like taking her somewhere <laughs> at noon on Wednesdays. <laughs> But I think because I'm a sprinter, like when I sit down to do that, it will be like a couple, several hour sessions. It's not going to be, I'm going to have these open on my table between now and December. Okay. No, so I think that will help too. Right. Right. Because just the fact of like seeing it out for so long can sometimes burn me out, you know, of like, oh "Oh, yeah, I still have to do that. still have to do that. So Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And it's interesting because I come back to that question a lot of being a sprinter versus a marathoner. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm more of a sprinter as long as I've cleared the decks to be able to do it. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to use the open space or time that I have, which I've set some things up to be more marathon projects or some things are just bigger in general. So like that Hawaii album, Mm-hmm. has been a marathon, right? Like that's, I've been working on it for a long time, but I'm having fun with it. So that's the key, but there's no race to the end on it versus when I do project life, I'm probably more of a sprinter of trying to get like big sections done at a time, you know, more of a batch processing kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really like figure out what's going to work best for you. And sometimes it might be you know, you might have to switch gears and do it differently in order to to catch up or finish. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been an awesome discussion. I hope this gives our listeners a preview of the types of things we're going to be talking about during the project's creative journey. And no matter what you're working on, maybe gives you a little motivation to do some finishing over the next couple months. Yay. Finishing. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you, Amy. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Thank you, Jennifer.